Charles Darwin's theory of natural selection states that the traits passed on are those with positive attributes for their environment. So what was Hollywood thinking when they adapted Drive My Car? Welcome to Unnatural Selection, a podcast about the film adaptations of books, the weird decisions Hollywood makes in the process, what makes an adaptation good, faithful, and less commonly, good and faithful. I'm your host, Emma Shannon. As always, I use any pronouns, and today I have with me Jay. Hello, I'm Jay. I use they and them pronouns. Uh, if you're a Moonshot regular, you might know me as uh, the creator of Additional Postage Required, audio drama podcast on the network. You might know me as a host on Champs in the Making, and today uh, you might know me as being here. Hello, Emma. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Uh, so today we are talking about Drive My Car, which is a Murakami short story from the collection Men Without Women. It's about 35 pages long. Something like that. Yeah. And it's film adaptation, Drive My Car, which is two hours and 59 minutes long <laughs> they got in there just under the solid do you think they're like scared of saying three hours and so they're like if we can cut it down by one minute you mean the way youtubers stall so that they can get over like the next hour mark <laughs> absolutely i do mean that but just in the opposite direction youtubers are courageous filmmakers are cowards that's what we've learned here <laughs> one minute into your fine podcast ever perfect perfect so we're going to start, as we usually do, with a synopsis of each of these. So uh, so here is a synopsis. I couldn't find a synopsis of the individual short story, but I found one of the collection as a whole. It's, uh, the, it's the best you can do. <laughs> they don't really... It's the best it, I can do. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's... Uh, you, you just take the collection and hope, it's, hope, hope it gets the vibe across. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the synopsis of Men Without Women is Men Without Women is a 2014 collection of short stories by Japanese author Haruki Murakami, translated and published in English in 2017. These stories are about men who have lost women in their lives, usually to other men or death. Cheery. Yeah, it's really good stuff. It's really, really, <laughs> really happy shit. And then the film synopsis is... An aging, widowed actor seeks a chauffeur. The actor turns to his go-to mechanic, who ends up recommending a 20-year-old girl. Despite their initial misgivings, a very special relationship develops between the two. Which is interesting, because that's actually a synopsis yeah. of the short story. Yeah, and not that's a short synop- story and not what? <laughs> Hold that's, on. Can, can, I, the, can I give you the... I, I have with me the Criterion Blu-ray. I can see if... Oh, that, this doesn't have a regular synopsis because it's a Criterion. It's got, like, a fucking biography on the back. Never mind. This is fascinating and also very... Like, my entire time trying to research this was so hard to find information because there's just, like, a bunch of weird <laughs> little, like, misinformations about it. And I'm wondering if it's because of, like... Translation or because it's a foreign film, there's just not as much information on it. It could be, or they, they don't present or, in the same way, like what is yeah. stuff about the source material or not. The, the, on, I'm, I have IMDb open, and on there, it's a renowned stage actor and director learns to cope with a big personal loss when he receives an offer to direct a production of Uncle Vanya in Hiroshima. 
Perfect. That is the synopsis of the movie. (laughs) Ta-da! But before we get into the differences, which we're already starting to notice. Oh, yeah. uh, Jay, can you give us a summary of the story, of the short story? Sure. Uh, So the short story, I... I, uh... I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bumble my way through summarizing the short story because I reread the short story and rewatched the movie today, so I'm just, it's just all in me. So so yeah, l- l- like you said, you know it it is, uh this 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 uh, director, after the loss of his wife in the short story, it is to uh can I think a long battle with cancer is recommended a driver by his mechanic and is is set up with this twenty year old girl named uh let me find her name. I mean we'll talk about her a bunch, but uh. Kafaku is, is this main character, and then uh, Misaki Watari is this younger girl who he winds up hiring on. Uh, and the short story is really, like, it, it's very directly, like, him kind of telling this this girl about his life. He tell like, like on these series of drives they go through, it's him telling her about this play he's directing, this, this Uncle Vanya production. It's telling her about his wife who passed away. It's telling her about, uh, very significantly... The, the fact, and this is this is like the main theme of both the movie and the book, the, the sort of fact that uh, he knew his wife was seeing other men over the course of their relationship and telling the story of one of those men who he befriended in the book. I think, it, I think they say it's like six or seven years uh, before the short story takes place where, uh, you know, he winds up befriending this guy kind of knowing like, yeah, you had this relationship with, with my wife. Um, and and I, I don't know, it, it's it's... It is, uh, sorry, I'm literally leafing through it as I summarize this to make sure I don't forget anything because my take in so much of this is that it's like fascinating to me what is a brief mention in the short story that then is an entire plot point in the film uh, and sort of how things move between the two. Yeah, because it's, it's a very good short story. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but... I've never read any Murakami before. But I haven't I read a lot. Finish the collection, which now I also guess I kind of have to finish the collection because, as I learned 15 minutes before recording this, uh, part of the reason the film adaptation is so long is it because it includes elements from two other stories in the collection. Yeah, yeah, which, which... I. I... I, I didn't know either. I would have I would have warned you because <laughs> there's one other in here that I was like, oh, that makes sense. And then I like, what what are the other two stories? If you have the names, so so the titular drive my car is the main one, mm-hmm. but then there is a story called Scheherazade, okay, which is yeah. about a woman who tells stories after she has an orgasm, which does become yes, okay. very very prominent very early on in in yep. the movie. And yep. then the other one is a short story called Kino. And from my brief oh. read of this, because I had I think I remember Kino. 15 minutes to try to read through 87 pages, <laughs> who basically finds out his wife is cheating on him and leaves her and opens a bar. Yes, and okay. it has to do with like, there's a lot of talk about like names and what the names mean, which ends up being yeah. mentioned in a couple of places. Um, and it sort of is a more, almost like, not necessarily an angrier response, but almost an angrier response to finding out his wife is cheating on him, which I thought was weird in the movie because in the short story, we're just getting into it now. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> in the short absolutely. story, uh, he's such a wife guy. He loves his wife so much, even <laughs> though she's cheating on him. Yeah. Like, he loves yeah. his wife so much, and yep. he's a lot 
more upset about it in the movie mm-hmm. in a way in where I was ways, like, right? yeah, in different ways. And those are the ways in my brief half reading of Kino, it seems that that is how it is processed Definitely. in that story. And um, from, from what I remember of Kino, I, I read the whole collection like last summer. Um, what I remember of Kino, that's, that's like a very good read. It's a lot more of like a guy actively trying to push against the grief. He's feeling like he, uh, starts seeing another woman who's a, a patron at this bar he opens he uh i want to say it ends with him so like it is very much about this dude forming and then losing friendships and relationships in his life because he can't move on which the, the losing of those friendships isn't something you see in quite the same way in drive my car but i feel like that there's there you can pull something from that with his relationship with uh the younger actor um mm-hmm. uh koji takatsuki uh, who who you know had a relationship with his wife? I I I hadn't thought about this story also being connected here, but now I'm just sort of going Pepe Sylvia board mode <laughs> yep. uh, in my mind, and it's really it's really all coming together. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because like even watching the credits, I I'm pretty sure I didn't miss anything. But usually, like it says an adaptation based on the short story "Drive My Car," and it yeah. doesn't mention the other two when it's introducing it in the movie. Because yeah. um, especially like. The Sherazad stuff is very prominent and very. Where did they come up with this without yeah. knowing it's another story in the collection? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, that 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 is literally the first thing you see in the movie is this this shot of his wife waking up in the middle of the night, silhouetted by their city skyline through the window. She just sits <laughs> up naked in their bed and starts telling this story that she's been telling for however long. Um, and it, it, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have, I have. Do you want to just hop into the movie? Like, like, d- d- tell me yeah, what let's you want just, to do. Let's just get into I have, it. There's... I have so much to say about Drive My Car. <laughs> it, I think, like, the first thing to mention is just, like, the main... The, just, like, the first thing to keep in mind while talking about this is that the short story is so much of a retrospective about yeah. this man's life. It is very yeah. much like him in this part. Because there's a lot of little details that got changed, which made me go, like, what, what? Because he's not... I think he may have directed some things, but he's an actor in the story, and so is his wife. Yeah. In the yeah. short story, they're both actors, and it's like a whole point of when they were younger, she was the ingenue, she was the star and everything, and as they got older, uh, since he was the character actor, he continued having higher grossing roles than she did as she aged out of them, mm-hmm. and like, Wh- um, he's just in a production of Uncle Vanya. Right. In... Wh- which, or no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no. Go for it. Uh, I, I was going to say that, that that's interesting in itself because they talk in the movie about, like, you know, in, in the movie, I, I forget if this is in the short story, the, the point where they had a kid who died, a child who died. Um, they do, but in the shorts, in the movie, she died at, like, age four. In the short story, yeah. she she died at day three. It's like a whole right. thing that okay. they never even got yeah. to name the kid. Right. So so they talk about how after that death, they're, they, you know, they kind of, like, lose track of their careers and their lives for a while and then kind of, like come back and there's i don't know there's something interesting about the fact that in in both versions have this like struggle with what your like career identity is kind of as like an element of what these people are going through in very different ways because you know like you said in, in the short story it's him continuing to act and her kind of getting shut out of having more of a career meanwhile in the in in the movie it it it, it it's really like her finding this new spurt of success when she starts having these these uh orgasm induced dream storytelling sessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is 
The first 40 minutes of this movie are wild because I was like, is this like an act or is this going to be a flashback? Are we just starting here? Mm-hmm. I'm like trying to put the pieces together. And then they do the actors and title card 40 minutes into Genius move, baller move. I have a friend who walked out of the theater at that point, and I don't blame her. This is one of my favorite movies. I don't blame anyone for making that decision. It's so long. Like, it is very good. I I had to watch it in a few different parts um, because I was dying (laughs) yesterday. So I got, like, through the first 20 minutes and then headache bad. Good night. Wild oh, first then. half hour to put stop and start and stop during too. Uh-huh. There is mm-hmm. so much more. I, I apologize to you earlier. I will again. I'm sorry I didn't warn you how much fucking there is in the first like 45 minutes of this movie. I forgot. I did not remember there being that much. There's a lot of fucking at the start. It's true. Yeah. I was like, oh man, that's, oh man. Yeah. Yep. That was, I saw this movie in the theater just because it was like a, a moment I was having where I was trying to like see like Oscar-y movies in the theater if I could. And that was one where I was like, glad there's no one sitting near me like you know i'm just glad i'm like sharing this amount of nudity with nobody in a close way this isn't like when i saw uh 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 call me by your name on a second date and uh there's a part in that movie where where a person fucks a peach uh to completion yeah and that uh (laughs) that wasn't the best date i've ever been on (laughs) yeah i went i went to see call me by your name with one of my friends and we both had that moment of oh look at that (laughs) Hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's, there's just the, a lot of the little details are changed. Like so many yeah. little details are changed, but I yeah. think it's interesting. Like the core plot being about this like international production of Uncle Vanya that he is directing and that he's cast the wife's lover in instead of yes. them like meeting at a bar. It's it's such an interesting juxtaposition. Like. This, you know, not to, like, talk about, like, the broadest sense possible, but, like, I, I I think a lot of this movie is just about, like, the ways people communicate with each other, right? Like, to just, yes, like, like bouncing, bouncing around a little, right? Like, his relationship with uh, Misaki, the, the younger woman who's his driver, is so really, like, so grounded in communication they have in that car and through some few words, through conversations she overhears with other people. And there's just other, you know, there's the, um, the debt, the, the, the woman who only speaks via sign language, who's a huge part of the movie, like mm-hmm. ways in which people communicate with each other are, are so much a part of this movie. And I really like that that is baked into the production of this play that you like, like it would be so easy. I feel like it would be very easy to have, movie about a guy directing a play where parts of the play mirror parts of what's going on in his life to feel really corny at least to me just as like that's mm-hmm. that sets off a corny a corny receptor in my brain easily but it doesn't and i th- i think that's part of why is that like the 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 nature of that production of uncle vanya and the nature of like who he's surrounded with in his life sync up in a way that is just kind of seamless and beautiful i think i don't know yeah and it's it's such an interesting like it made sense in the short story for it to be a production of uncle vanya because it's like oh, okay this is thematically relevant because Chekhov plays are about a lot of miscommunication and thinking back on your career and the choices you could have made differently and how they're yeah. culminating in this moment and like i just thought it was really 
fascinating which scenes they showed. I loved that they cast the actor using uh, Korean sign language as Sonia, especially because Sonia is the overlooked daughter. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of parallels with like people will just like, even if you can hear and understand them, if you're speaking sign language, it's very easy to be overlooked. Yeah. Yeah. There's a barrier there, right? There's a different way people are immediately looked looked yeah, at. Yeah. And it was really poignant to have her both be the character that is overlooked and the character that is the most hopeful in her yeah. situation. Oh my God. And she, she like, um, she, that is, uh, Janice Chang, I think is that I, I'm like looking at IMDb trying to make sure I have everyone right. Um, Boy, she does so much work with that too. The scene where they're uh, doing a rehearsal in the park is just like such a lovely so interaction. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> where she hands her, yeah. she does a lot of good, like reaching around someone very tenderly and intimately. Like she's an incredibly delicate, like f- delicate, like physical actress in that way. Um, yeah, no, it, it it is that is a character. I think, I think entirely invented for the movie. I don't think that's a character mm-hmm. from any of the short stories. And she is, like, such a smart kind of person to have be, the like, the emotional center of, like, I don't know. She, I, I, I know we're bouncing around, but, like, she is the one who delivers the full version of that monologue about, like, we have to keep living and when we die and see God, we'll tell him things were hard and he'll take pity on us. Kind of like Mm -hmm. she gives the final version of that. And there is just something about her being the person to do that. That is just so, Oh man, I, I, I like her a lot in this. Yeah. It's all, I am also like, man, no wonder this movie is so long. They show us a lot of uncle Vanya throughout. Yeah. Yeah. I was Great play. First of all, I, (laughs) I love Chekhov. I was going to ask you about that because you're more of a theater person than I. What, what, what do you have, Uncle Vanya takes that are relevant to this? What, what, were, what were your thoughts about that choice? I mean, my my biggest thought is that the the casting of her as Sonia is yeah fantastic, but it's also extremely just like both of the plays that they show um, our protagonist acting in have so much to do with like communication and the lack thereof and figuring out your place because the other play they show him acting in is waiting for Godot. Yeah. Right. Um, That one I know that one. I I, I know at least what it is. Yeah. And I I think you're right in that it very well could have been something that comes off as like, Oh yeah. It's an actor talking about his, like lost youth and career and what he could have been but because of how it's portrayed and like the parallels between the different characters and how he refuses to play Vanya until he absolutely has to at the end yeah yeah as well especially with him talking about letting the character overcome you in different points is really interesting especially because like it all has a lot of the way like Chekhov talks about issues in his different plays, both in like Uncle Vanya and something like like the Seagull as well. It's very indirect communication mm. when talking about like what your life could have been and never saying exactly what you wanted. Yeah, More talking boy. about it as like what you could have wanted, which ties mm-hmm. in really well with how he feels about his wife and how. Yeah. He's not saying he wants to know why his wife cheated on him, but like he does, but he'll never 
directly be like this affected me until the end it, it is it is so interesting what is so to, to back up like first 45 minutes of the movie we see a lot of their relationship we see him sort of working uh he gets into that car crash and 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 they're telling they tell him hey you probably shouldn't drive much more um he has glaucoma in one eye and uh yeah like, like kind of the 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 thing right that that happens is his wife he walks in on his wife having sex with another man in in their living room right after right after they share a very tender moment together before he leaves for a flight like like also my Mm-hmm. jaw like dropped during that scene because yeah. in the short story he never actually catches her in the act of yeah. having an yeah. affair he just always assumes yeah he, he never he... has that confirmation i know and, so and, that and... is a bold choice to make right off the bat that is exactly yeah like that is such a choice i feel like he is the fact that he's so effort like like he sees that he he sees them doing it doesn't quite make eye contact with his wife she's got her eyes closed doesn't know he's there quietly leaves like he has this like almost zen I, I don't know if it's a healthy zen but like an almost zen relationship <laughs> with the fact that his wife is banging other men like that is the best way i can put it because because so much of you know and this this there are conversations about this later on this is a huge thing that bonds him him and misaki when they're when they're driving around later in the movie is this this idea that the two things can coexist right that like yes he knows his wife was doing all this Behind, kind of behind his back and yes he loves her absolutely and like the, these two like there is there is regret because what happens is she says hey we need to talk and then they never get the chance to have that talk because she suddenly dies um but like like there is that sense of yes i knew she was doing this and yes i loved every bit of her of her like i, I don't know if despite that or like what the active operative word is, but you know, it, it, it's, he's very, uh, he's got an interesting relationship with the fact that his wife was doing that. Yeah. I, what did you think of the fact that they made the wife die suddenly? Yeah. Uh, I thought a lot of that. Uh, so, well, well, for one thing, it, it's, it really is this like car crash moment, right? Like I, I think it is one, I think the fact that you get, car accident that's very sudden that doesn't hurt him too much but like is a sudden accident and then another very sudden incident in her him walking home on 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 her death is really striking i think so part of you know part of what we learn later as he's building this relationship you know because the majority of the movie after this first 45 minutes once we see the title 45 minutes in you know a lot of this movie is about him building this relationship with misaki this driver right and what we learn about her is that her parents or her mom also died very suddenly in this in this like rock slide uh, that destroyed their home, and so I, I think like I think there's just something with like I I get the impression that it was just the director wanted to grapple with the idea of like a sudden death and how that suddenness sort of factors into it, right? Because like I think that uh, yeah, uh, Yusuke Kafaku is the main guy's name. I don't think we've said it once. We've just been like him. Um, you, uh, I, I, he, he feels like someone who life has happened to, you know, I, I think that's very much how he plays it. And I think you get that so much better when so much of how he is that way comes from like a sudden tragedy like that. Something like kind of unexplained, something that suddenly like cut, it's the feeling of cutting things short. Right. Um, I, I think that is like something the whole movie's interested in because cutting things short 
comes up in various contexts. And I, mm-hmm. I think I think that's like the tone setter. Like I think her dying suddenly is the tone setter for that. Yeah, I think it definitely in like the scope of the movie works very well, but it makes I wish we could have seen like so uh, Koshi, the one who was the wife's lover in the short story, you eventually find out that like he had tried to see Oto, the wife, while she was on her deathbed in the hospital and she never once let him see her. Right. While her husband was there the whole time, basically. And yeah, go ahead. And that's the sort of detail that like, at least in the short story really emphasizes like, Oh, like even if she was, cheating on him like this is a moment of confirmation that like she loved her husband but it is also a moment of this guy loved her and she never gave him those answers i i I agree with you i i think that the suddenness and not getting to see her like not get (laughs) this sentence sucks from a women's agency and film perspective but like sure does yeah no but like not like her not getting the chance to visually make that decision leaves so much mystery around like mm-hmm. how and there's so much like you know you, you'll never know what that conversation actually would have been like between her and her husband you'll never know like i i think that at least for the like what the movie's interested in like the fact that it's sudden and she never gets to show that you know that thing of like at the end of the day you're secondary to my husband is like something else that follows the guy the husband in the movie and like haunts him a lot mm-hmm. and, and which then comes to you know kind of the brunt of the movie is this guy shows up as an auditionee for this Uncle Vanya production. And they sort of form this friendship that, like you said, in the short story is just a friendship from several years ago that uh, Kafuku tells Misaki about. And, and here in, in the movie, it is something we kind of watch unfold instead. And I think, I think the unknown of would my wife ever have told me the complete truth while he's interacting with this other man is like real, not a substitute for her getting to, to like, speak for herself but is also really interesting i guess Mm -hmm. it's definitely still really interesting it kind of it shifts the focus from why did my wife cheat on me yeah like what was missing to like it raises a bunch more questions instead of having one concrete one because in like the book he never once questions that his wife loved him he's like no she loved me Mm -hmm. i just want to know what she was getting out of this Yet another issue that could have been solved by polyamory. <laughs> <laughs> it always works out that way. Um, it, it's funny, right? Because, yeah, I, I don't think... I, I, I think in the movie, you know, he, he wants to know what she would have said for herself. But I, I don't, like... I, I feel like he's actually kind of self-assured with, like, yeah, she had her reasons, and that's kind mm-hmm. of enough for him. Like, he's obviously grieving horribly throughout the whole thing, but, like the why of it is, I feel like, less of a concern for him in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Do, do, you, do you want to talk about, uh, uh, about uh, we, we were already talking about T- Takatsuki, the, the, the younger lover. I, I, mm-hmm. I forget, was he just, just a guy that she met in the short story, or did they have this? Because in, in the movie, he is an actor working on a show she's in... making. In the short story, he is an actor that starred opposite her in right, a okay. TV show. Okay, right. I, I, um, I knew I knew they'd work together, but I couldn't remember like in what capacity. 
Oh, yeah. also, the car is yellow in the in the short oh my God, story. That, it's red. I was gonna movie. ask, does that bother you at all? The car is no. red in the movie, and it's not a convertible. But in the short story, it's yellow and it's a convertible. And the fact that they missed both of them really bothered me. But it is the right type of car. I I think the car they found for the movie rips. I like looking at it. I think it's a funny old car. I think it's it the right red. type of niche yeah. Swedish car. Yeah, Greg is a car them, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like oh, a saw, but that's got a lot of implications and i was like what does that mean i want you to know that me rolling my eyes is nothing personal against your partner however i am rolling my eyes at that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, that's funny that's fair that's, that's hilarious um yeah no i i think they just found a mystical i also think they probably made it red just for like those couple like big shots you get of like a highway with like kind of all other mm-hmm. all white and gray vehicles and japan has like so many Japanese cities have very, like, monochromatic cityscapes, right? And so it, it stands out more than yellow would, I think. It's pro- like, I, I would, if you told me that was the only reason they did that, I would believe you. <laughs> I'm wondering, since it is such, like, an, an old and harder-to-find car, because mm. it is, like, a very niche car brand, and it is from, like, the 80s, um, I wonder if it was literally the only one they could find. <laughs> possible i mean that's that's definitely possible right I, I, that could that could certainly be it it's all it's yeah. also like you know i assume you want to if you're a japanese filmmaker making this you want to find one in you know that part of japan you don't want to have to fucking airlift a car or like transport it by boat from you know another part of japan or from a collector somewhere else in the world so it probably did have something to do with like what can we kind of get out to wherever this film this movie's being filmed in japan like what is what is mm-hmm. where where's a collector who's Oh, no, I found an interview. He deadass made it red because it looked nice in contrast yeah. in the in the shots. You're right. Makes sense. Makes sense. And also, like, not being a convertible, having a roof, you just see more of it from those, like, mm-hmm. overhead shots, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, but, uh, but, so, I, so, a lot, lot of good performances in this movie. I, 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 uh. My favorite performance in the movie is not either of the main people. It is uh, Masaki Okada, who plays Takatsuki, who plays this lover of hers. He has an energy that just really fucking, like, locks me on uh, every time. So, we, we, we learn, yeah, you know, we, we, we learn that, like, he... We're introduced to him before we even see her cheating on uh, her husband early in the movie as just, you know, an actor in the thing she's she's making. He shows up at auditions for Uncle Vanya. Um, Kafka casts him in a different role than the one he auditioned for, which I think is such a funny little jet. Like, that is like a petty little divorced wife or, you know, dead wife guy jab. <laughs> totally a million percent. But it's also interesting because he cast him in the role that everyone was expecting him to cast himself into. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is uh, fascinating, right? Because it's it's like the role that he associates so much with himself, and he puts this guy who was intimate with his wife uh, in in that position, and that's mm-hmm. really a role that he recites constantly every time he's oh in the god. car oh my against god, yeah. a tape recording of his wife, which was not in the short story. Mm-hmm. Also, um, yeah, which but I, I think it, it was so compelling, especially switching from like a literary medium to an audiovisual medium. I think it was mm-hmm. a really compelling way to sort of pull out his inner monologue into an interaction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think this like, 
it, when the two of them are having, because you know they, they uh, Takatsuki like brings him out for a drink a couple times, and they're like at a bar. He gets in like fights with people trying to take pictures of him and stuff, and like mm-hmm. it, it really feels like the youngest man on earth and the oldest man on earth getting a drink together, and I really love those scenes. Yeah, they they are a lot more direct with their interactions too. It's like the first yeah. time they get a drink. Like in the short story, it's uh, Kafka who asks uh koshi to go get a drink to be like hey right right trying to figure out if you fucked my wife and why yeah um whereas in the movie he knows like he, he's he, he absolutely he knows 100 percent, and it's yeah. the younger one that invites him to drinks and is like hey your wife though <laughs> it's like that's a yikes moment they're fun yeah I mean, that dude, that's the other thing about uh, about Koji Takatsuki is he is a man made of yikes moments. Like, mm-hmm. he is, he is such a... We do find out at the end of the movie that the reason he's, like, had this fall from grace in acting is because he had a relationship with a minor. With a minor, uh, which, I mean, the, I, the, the age at which you are even considered a minor in Japan is, like, a younger cutoff than America, and so that makes you think a lot about the age of that person, too. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, oh boy. Yeah, he, he is like, ah, oh man. So, I don't know. I, I I really like the whole sequence where they are in that long car ride together. Because um, mm-hmm. there's you know, a whole long scene where they are in the backseat of the car together while, while Misaki's driving. And and, and this kind of goes back probably to the, the conversation about uh, the fact that she died suddenly and didn't get to sort of, you know, like the, the differences in like how they kind of talk about this this person they both lost is like, that conversation is him confessing to having slept with her without having without confessing, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's him, like she told him, me this story. That's not how it ends, right? Yeah. <laughs> right after you just told me that after she has sex with you, she tells you a story. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't even catch this the first time I watched this. I didn't catch this until I rewatched it today. But even then, the last part of the story she tells her husband before she died is the the like lamprey part where she describes mm-hmm. that. He tells her he doesn't remember any of it. He does not tell her that part of the story. But mm-hmm. when he mentions that to Koji, or that one of them mentions that to each other, and they're like, oh, yeah, I know knows. that part. Yeah, they both know that one. So that means that he heard that same one. Uh, yeah, and just him telling the next part of the story. I I watched this in a, in a in a pretty big, empty theater, and boy, like, the long shots on his, like, wet, doughy eyes while he's telling that story, I felt like I was falling into his fucking face. Mm-hmm. Oh, he makes me so uncomfortable <laughs> which is sure, the point right? of this character yeah. but like yeah like the audition sequence especially Oof. um i don't i don't know about you listeners but i grew up doing theater and if i grabbed someone by the wrist pushed them against a wall and kissed them during an audition i would be escorted out of the building yeah that was like that was so much um. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, he's kind of a it's wolf. A like he's, he's he is a very like he is not. He is predatory in the way of like a wolf that's just old enough to attack someone. Like like he is he mm-hmm. is a puppy, but also has teeth. Like he doesn't know what he's doing. Yes. He acts on impulse. He is this just like. He feels like he's on, like, the edge of himself at all times. He is, like, on the precipice of doing something awful until he does something awful. Yeah, and, like, it's got to be 
terrifying for the actress in that moment too because this is a multilingual production she says at the start that she speaks mandarin and english she is just hoping that the lines he's saying in japanese are the lines he's supposed to be saying while she's doing this oh my god yeah exactly yeah so he's he's he is a uh and I, I think that actor like pulls off that range like incredibly well from mm-hmm. like from being this terrifying creature to having those vulnerable moments. And then uh, he attacks a guy and goes to jail. Yeah. Ta- ta- talking about uh, talking about, you know, sudden endings. Right. Like mid rehearsal. Mm-hmm. They're fine. It's the first time we have seen so much of this movie. They are reading the scripts. They're in that reading room and clearly they all fucking hate it. Uh, then they all go outside and do that really good outside rehearsal. First time we see them on stage is when the police come to escort him away for that guy's death. And that is yep. just such a fucking choice. Mm-hmm. And it's during a scene where Vanya fails to kill someone. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... I really like, especially with Yuse casting him in the multilingual production, how you sort of notice that all the other actors start to pick up on how to communicate with each other. Yeah, oh yeah. In different ways. And he steadfastly never learns anything but Japanese. Yeah, that's true, he isn't it? He refuses to learn how to understand yeah. anyone else in any other language. Boy, boy. And uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He, he even, we, we see other people learn sign, a little bit of sign language to talk to, to, uh, to Janish. We, we, we see that in a few different places. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's, uh, I, I, had, I hadn't thought about the, like, him being the anti-communicator aspect mm-hmm. of, of of the whole thing but boy that's so much um, which is like really brought to light when like he gets into a car accident and kafka sees it happen and realizes that the actress who speaks mandarin and english is in the car and mm-hmm. it's very clear that like like they're he, doing it he did yeah. it again he took yep. advantage of a co-star and is having sex with her and like he tries to play it off as like no like i was just lending her an ear and in, our, in which our boy, language that you don't speak yeah mm-hmm. our boy is like yeah because you don't speak mandarin or english so how are you doing that in what way is this happening mm-hmm. where are you putting that ear koji mm-hmm. yeah uh he he is he's he's a, a whole guy and by the way, tell me if I'm, like, taking the lead on talking about it too much. I just, like, burst into, like, my next thought and shit. No, that's that's good. I invite people, for for listeners who don't know this, because they are not patrons and didn't listen to the book talk, which you should become a patron for Moonshot and listen to the book talks roundtable. Uh, but guests on this show pick what book to talk about. I don't, mm. I don't assign readings to my guests. Yeah. My guests assign readings to me. <laughs> I assigned you a three-hour sad movie. It's okay. The last guest assigned me the Bible. That's true. I I do feel like I am the lesser of two. <laughs> I did uh, Torah studies. Yeah, you did. God. Um. But like, and then there's then there's the driver, right? Then there's Kafaku and and M- M- Misaki, who's this like. I was so worried with how long the setup got to and like the fact uh-huh. that he doesn't hire her. He is like assigned her as a driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which and is- said, I was so worried that they were going to put so much focus on the relationship with the wife and the lover and this and the dude that they were going to completely forget the like surrogate father daughter relationship. 
They don't, though. They I don't. Like. They don't. Yeah. But I, I do think they take too long to get to it. I do think that that is something that we should have seen like 20 minutes earlier than they start approaching it. That, that Yeah, I, I can I can see that. For, for me, it all just comes down to like she is such like so they are both super closed off people. Right. Like that that is a huge thing. And I, I think I don't know. It, it, in my head, it's a thing where she comes up is pretty closed off. He is also so much not the type of person to ask the type of questions that a closed off person like her wouldn't answer. Like mm-hmm. I, I hear you, but I also totally buy it just taking a long time for them to really start that journey. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I, it has to, I feel like it has to happen incrementally. Like the fact that it is like, you know, she parks, we, we see a lot of individual times where he comes out of a rehearsal at different times that they have little exchanges, right? He comes out of a rehearsal is like, sorry, I'm late. She's like, that's fine. He, he's like, oh, it's cold out here. Please wait in the car next time. And, and like says it because like, I don't want you to be cold out here. And she's mm-hmm. like, you know, giving these kind of brush office answers. And then it's like, yeah, well, only if it's really cold. Um, she has shown that kindness when he, they go to dinner at um, uh, Sonia. And I, I forget the like uh, producer who's her husband. I forget that character's name, you know, that that couple, Mm -hmm. when they go to dinner at their house, like he says all this really nice stuff about her. And this is like an hour and a half into the movie. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is halfway through the dang thing. And that I feel like is the breaking point, right? Where that's like, he really praises her and she like kind of thanks him for it later. Not even directly. She like thanks him. And he's like, what are you thanking me for? The guy invited us. And she's like, never mind. (laughs) She doesn't even say thank you for what you said about me. Like I, I, I can totally see a version of this where they get into that relationship earlier, but I'm, I am an advocate for like how gradual it is. I, I think so many bits of their relationship are just like, you know, they, they, they get closer over the movie. They, they embrace at a dramatic moment, but it's, it's like, they're still both very quiet people. And as much as this movie is about communication, I think it's also about two very quiet people Mm-hmm. learning how to like understand each other right like that's like again another mode of communication it's like how do these two people communicate with each other when they clearly have like th- ways in which they both understand that they're similar but neither of them want to talk about it for a long time mm-hmm. yeah the the movie and the story are very much about different forms of communication whether that's multilingual or the fact that like so like the method they're using for this play i read a little bit about it Mm -hmm. um but it's basically especially with a dense text learning just the lines monotonously until they are memorized before you start to put them on stage and watch as the people become comfortable with it on stage yeah and let it sort of develop more naturally and like feel that response from the people around you and there is like such an emphasis on like learn your lines, learn the exact pacing of it so that you could do this in your sleep before you make any physical gesture towards each other. Mm -hmm. Which, hey, guess what he's been doing for two years with that tape in his car? He's been going through the lines all the time in his, basically in his sleep. I I have, uh, the the car as a space is really interesting and part of why is right. Like it is just like the space where he only does that until someone else is in the car. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I, 
actually, yeah. Did you, is that, that method of just going over, is that something you've at all experienced in your theater stuff? Or is that like, cause in, in the little bit of theater stuff I've done, it is so quickly like, yeah, we're, we're all standing around the room going through like, you know, mock choreographed dress rehearsals effectively for whatever the thing is. Yeah. Like I know it's a technique that gets used. It's just not one that I've experienced in a production that I've been in, mm-hmm. but it is kind of fascinating, especially for like, like it makes sense for a multilingual production like this, because if you can't understand what the other people are saying, you need to know exactly what the rhythm is for that line to know when your cue is. If you can't understand what your cue line is, because the person you're acting against is speaking in Tagalog or Korean. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like that when, you know, the, the, the actual production, they have this projector behind them, right behind the stage that has, the, the like the languages and the different languages which makes it so easy you know like, like it, it, it's so useful for the the person who uses sign language too it is it is really a unifying method of communication that like yeah it, it lets everyone be understood right it, it is it is this idea that the art the art that you make uh you know like can allow a lot of different people to be understood kind of no matter how they communicate which i think is is something the movie isn't even loud about, right? Like, it, it, like this movie is not like he's not a struggling artist the way that like, I don't know, uh, is it is it Steve Carell in adaptation, the movie adaptation, whoever it is in that movie, like, or or any number of movies about just like artists who are struggling to make a thing. It, mm-hmm. it, it's not about him banging his head against Uncle Vanya, but it is about th- this this production like letting letting people understand each other who otherwise wouldn't have. I feel like I, go, I keep going back to saying that same thing over and over, but that really is what it is. No, it's it's true. I'm double-checking something before I stake this claim, but don't mind my Googling. Because <laughs> I'm trying to find out, because I know at least Waiting for Godot was originally written in French and translated by, Be- by the playwright and translated into English by the playwright, and I'm trying to see okay. if... Uncle Vanya is also, but it doesn't look like Chekhov did the English translation. Okay. But I do think it's still interesting that they are both translated plays that we see as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. And uh, yeah, there was no thought with that sentence. I was just like thinking about all of that. <laughs> yeah, it. it's cool. It's cool. I like that they added. I like a lot of the stuff that they added. I don't know if it's like, like it in, in essence, a lot of it is a faithful adaptation, but there is a lot changed and a lot of liberties taken. Yeah, that that is that is so, so like like one of the reasons I I when you were looking for people to be on your lovely show here, one of the reasons I wanted to do drive my car is like that question of is it a faithful adaptation is so interesting to me when it's a short story like this, right? Where, like, mm-hmm. we've alluded to it, like, th- that whole story about this younger guy who who was with his wife and all these other things in the mo- in the, the short story are just things he tells the driver, things he tells Misaki that in, in the film become just entire built-out, you know, broad parts of the thing. And, like, I... I think a lot of it is faithful in the sense that it is, I think that a lot of the things that are expanded upon from the short story into the film 
you know, obviously there are things that aren't like faithful on a like her death is fast, not slow, you know, like that that mm-hmm. level. But like thematically, it all feels in tune, right? I, I think anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it all it all feels like it's coming from the same source. It also feels like uh, who who actually directed Drive My Car? That is Risuke Hamaguchi. Risuke Hamaguchi. Like it feels like he had his own stuff he wanted to say with it. Absolutely, but like. I, I don't know. I, I'm really fascinated by this thing as a 30-page short story and bits of two other short stories that became a three-hour movie. Like, yeah. And I mean, yeah. I guess it does feel thematically coherent and as well just because, like, I mean, like, looking at this, Murakami was one of the writers on the film mm-hmm. adaptation on the film script as well. Yeah. So that definitely has an effect because, I mean, like, I hadn't read any Murakami before, but my partner had and we were watching it and they were like well this might be different than the story but it definitely feels like a murakami story definitely i i mean yeah if you do read the rest of the short story book it feels like every book in that every short story in that collection a little bit mm-hmm. um you know because yeah i mean they're all they're all kind of about like either sad wife guys or guys who would like to be wife guys <laughs> fast faster future wife guys guys on the wait, wife guy wait, waiting list Man, no wonder it's called Men Without Women. It sure do be like that. It sure do be like that. Listen, they don't have the word incel in Japan. <laughs> Maybe they do. I don't know. <laughs> no, that that's not quite the vibe. But yeah, I don't know. Like, there is so- something else in the short story. Kind of to that point, since that came up. He, um... Do, do you, like... Do you feel like Kafaku's a more sexist guy in the short story yes. than in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> want, want to talk yes. about that? <laughs> yeah, in the short story, he's very much in the story like, mm, I don't like when women drive. Women yeah. are good drivers. Which is something um. the movie kind of rejects because like pretty much off the bat, the well, it depends on how true this is. He says it's not because she's a woman that he doesn't want uh, the driver to be his driver. It's just because he's... He's a little baby boy who liked to drive his car, but I, yeah. I don't I don't know how seriously to take that claim. Even I don't know. Yeah, because like in the movie, he does say that he doesn't like when his wife is driving because she's bad at driving, and you can see him trying to be like, mm, "Why didn't you change into the other lane?" Yeah, you could go. You could go into the other lane. You could do that. You could do that. You could. Um, but that feels like more of a his wife thing. And then yeah. you get, like, the one passing line of, like, the, is it because I'm a woman? And he's like, no, it's not that. Um, yeah. But it, it, in the short story, it very much is. Because in the short story, he can't, he's had drivers yeah. off and on for a while in the short story because he has his license suspended. Right, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't have the same, quite the same relationship with driving as he does in, in the, the, the movie, I feel like. Um, I, I have just... Based on the many times he'd ridden in cars driven by women, Kabuku had reached the conclusion that most female drivers fell into one of two categories. Either they were a little too aggressive or a little too timid. Luckily, and we should all be grateful for this, the latter were far more common. Generally speaking, women were more cautious than men behind the wheel. Of course, that caution was nothing to complain about, yet their driving style tended to irritate others on the road. Like, he just has opinions about all women based on, like... Yeah, he's like, damn, yes. women can't drive, but anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is a very, like, what what traditional sexism of him. Like, what old guard of... That is the yeah. old guard of sexism, is, like, the women can't drive thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that that's different in the movie. 
Yeah, well, it, it's like, I don't know. Do, 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 do we wish he was a more sexist guy and, like, had to deal with that? Like, I, I you know, I don't know if, if, like, that being a struggle between him and Misaki and him and, like, other people in the... I, I don't know if the movie has room for that, you know? Like, I, yeah, I, and I just, like, even in the short story, it felt unnecessary. Yeah. Too, because, yeah. like, the rest of the story is him being like, man, I miss my wife. I miss my wife, Tails. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tails, I miss my wife. Yeah, and, and that's, like, 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 I will say, like, several of the short stories in this are, like, about guys who have weird or shitty ideas about women. And, like, you know, I, I, Murakami's, I don't think, endorsing them, but I do think there's some where he, like, kind of throws that in there just because he's got weird ideas or has had weird ideas. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, it's it's... Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting because it's also not like too long of a difference from when the short stories were published versus when. Like, it's that enough of a difference because there's been a pandemic and that'll change a man. Yep. Um, but the collection was published in 2017. Or yeah, at least which... was translated in 2017. I don't Surpri- want to see what the original publication is because the translation was 2017. Okay, originally published in 2014. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Surprise so that is that a, recent, a bigger honestly. gap. Yeah. Um, and then the movie is from um, 2021. 2021. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just cool to see how, like, what elements of the short story they've taken. Because I thought I knew how they were going to expand on it after I read the story. I was like, great. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for us to see like long form flashbacks of this guy and his wife and him getting drinks with this guy that his wife he thinks fucked. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad but, they didn't go that's that not route. What happened. Right? Yeah. No, it's it, not. I I'm glad they didn't go that route. It, it, I think it's <laughs> better that you just kind of see it all play out. Yeah. And that it's just like an entirely different environment that you see these characters interacting in. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. It's 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 all t- talking about environments like th- this th- th- there's so many interesting spaces in this movie like when misaki takes him to that junkyard <laughs> he's he's like show me a place you like and she brings him somewhere where trash is burning <laughs> like it's it's oh man i i think she's a fascinating character and like, like to she your point is. with the whole the whole like uh father daughter dynamic like that's part of it she's also just like uh tokomura is that actress's name and boy like she has such a fucking gaze on her like there are so many Mm -hmm. scenes where she is not talking and is saying volumes she knows how to like i don't know you you can you can read so much of what what is going on within her at any given time when she is just uh driving that car she is such a weird little guy (laughs) she is a weird little guy with her baseball cap and everything about her what do you think of the final scene of the movie? I think mm. where we see that it's like mid pandemic and it's her and she's in Korea now. Yeah. And she still has the car, but it has Korean license plates and she's got a dog. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, that, that is the one pla- like, I don't know. is my real and honest know. answer. Right. Like, I don't know either. Cause I also don't know like what's it trying to imply. Cause it also talks about like, I think it's trying to imply like her moving on and like taking to heart Sonia's final monologue of like, yeah. I think it is supposed to be like, because we see cutting back and forth between the final Sonia monologue and 
um, Misaki's face back and forth in this last scene of the yeah. we have to go on living. And it is what they've just talked about as they went to the destroyed house where her mother yes. died. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and another thing is like the actress playing Sonia is whose house she went to dinner at. And it was like, this was a lovely family and it was like a nice experience for her to be around a positive family. And you see her pet their dog. Yeah. Yeah. She in loves the middle dogs. of the dinner. That comes up a couple times when they're at that park, she throws the Frisbee mm-hmm. back for the dog in the background. Yeah, so I think it's almost like a moment of her taking what she has seen as happiness for other people and turning yeah. it into her own because this car is extremely important to him, the dog, mm-hmm. the family. What, and, what but it you... makes me have more questions. Yeah, what 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 do you where do you think he is? Do you think like he gave her the car? Know. Do you think they're still like like they're like living together and taking care of each other or something? Why you know, like are they what what are they doing in Korea? Like Well, my wonder is because we have like the main producer on the production, he is yeah. Korean. He yep. is the husband of the actress who uses Korean sign he language sign and he language. talks about like um how sometimes he worries about having moved to Japan because it makes it even harder for his wife to communicate because people don't speak Korean, let alone Korean sign language as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it makes me wonder, because like theater people do move around a lot, and if our protagonist is so used to doing multilingual productions, it makes me wonder if he has found a new start and a new production working with the same producer in Korea. It could be. Yeah, and I, I like that a lot. Like, I really like that idea, right? Because that's, you know, it's, it's again, it's it's this guy kind of finally letting go of this stuff that he's been holding on to. You know, it, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's really him letting go of Uncle Vanya, this whole production. And so the idea that he can then do that and go go move on to a new chapter. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think that's probably where I land, too. I, I didn't pick up when I saw in the theater, uh, her scar is gone. In that last yeah. scene, the scar on her face. She she mm-hmm. she mentions earlier that like an easy surgery would do it, but she has this sort of you know anchoring attachment to it in the sense that it's this reminder of she they she talks about this awful trauma she went through with her mother. She would drive her to work, and she would you know she would physically abuse her, and she went through all this awful stuff. Uh, this is a character who has been through horrible horrible things. Um, and sort of wound up in Hiroshima, able to drive, and that was the one skill she had, and that's why she drives. And yeah, she has the scar. And again, yeah, the idea that she she has gotten that scar removed is like, yep, okay, we've moved on and turned a quarter in some way. It, it it's you know, it seems like both of them are so in stasis through the movie, right? Like he's been in stasis since his wife died, and she's been in stasis since her family died. And like, it's just this. I I almost think, I I, I almost think that like. The, the 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 answer you have about about like why he's in Korea is probably the right one, but I'm also like it also doesn't even matter to me so much why they are there. It's just the fact that they're in Korea, the fact that she's the one driving the car. Those things are just representative of change, and the fact that their lives have that kind of change in it, regardless of the reason, is like such a nice cap on this movie about people who are. Uh, stuck in cycles of endless sadness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. Yep. Emma, I like me a long, sad movie. <laughs> no two ways about it. Some, sometimes the movie just makes you feel sad and it's long and you're like, wow, I do sure feel sad and that was long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's you know, 
It's gonna be like that. Not listen, always. I saw. Mm. Listen, I've seen Chekhov plays in theaters. It's the same thing. <laughs> and that, and yeah, sometimes sure. you go see the seagull, and three hours later, you're like, hmm. I feel uh-huh. bad about everything. Great show. <laughs> Sometimes it do it simply be like that. Uh, this was a great year. 2021 was a great year for that for movies too. Because we also had Worst Person in the World, which is a really good uh, German movie about very a very similar like very similar vibes. Um, I also I just saw Bo is Afraid by the the. Um, that's a three-hour sad, miserable movie that doesn't earn it at all. Fuck that movie. You can put this in the recording. Fuck Bo is Afraid. Fucking hated it. You Eat heard it shit, here first. Ari Aster. <laughs> he actually does pass the be normal about people with mental health disabilities challenge. He just fails every other challenge. Doesn't surprise me. Anyway, I just had to bring that up since we were talking about sad three-hour movies, and I saw that one human week ago <laughs> as we as we record this. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think it is just the fact that changes happened, right? Like it also, like, it feels like in that, you know, in the beginning of the movie, it feels like already before, uh, his wife is before, uh, Oto Oto is her name, the the wife. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we've said her name this whole time. Um, like, it feels like that cycle they have of her waking up in the middle of the night telling him these stories, he tells her the next day, that's all something they've been going through a while. The him mm-hmm. knowing that she's seeing other people is something they've been going through for a while. He is so locked into these perpetual cycles even before she dies that, like, that is the final padlock on this little carousel he's stuck in, right? And, uh, I don't know, sometimes you just gotta meet someone else on an adjacent carousel and be like, hey, what's up, you wanna get off these carousels? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I just, I just really like, I, I said it earlier, but really like my ultimate thing about this movie is so much that there his him and Misaki's relationship, it feels like I, I've had relationships like this friendships in my life where it's like me and a person I meet, I meet become friends. And it's like, we kind of both read that we have a thing in common that is maybe like whether rooted in trauma or just a bad, like whatever it's rooted in, have stuff in common that maybe we don't actually want to fucking talk about. But we kind of, over not too much time, understand that it's there. And like, you build a certain kind of relationship and like a certain kind of respect and like, I see you, like I get you and what you need and I will do it for you. Uh, relationship with someone like that, that I think is exactly what they have here. And I... I don't know. You, you don't see that in in like movies and, and like I, I don't I don't see that done that often in in stories I've liked. And it was just it was just really I don't know. I I really like both of those main characters and I feel like they feel like complete people maybe more in the movie than in the short story. I would yeah. say. I don't know. How do you feel about that? No, I agree. I think I think the only thing I really like didn't like so much about the way they recharacterized their like shared like losses and traumas and like dynamic is that i i didn't really like that they framed it as though it was his fault that his wife died i like i know it's not but i even like that as a framing and a guilt i think because that is just so starkly in contrast from the short story Mm. bugged me a little bit but yeah that that is for sure something that 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 is not like in the short story in the same way for sure i 
Mm-hmm. I, 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 I think they're framing that as a, a thing he's got to get over, right? I, I like it as a thing yeah. he's got to get over. But I, I get what you mean, though. It, it, it is like... I don't know how sold am I. Like, I think it's the I, kind of thing that works better if you haven't read the, the source material. Definitely. I, I watched the movie before I read the short story uh, originally, so maybe that's part of it, too. Yeah, I, I, I think in the movie he's just more sad his wife is dead than, like... I. I, I don't necessarily believe that that thought of I'm responsible for this is the main driving force in the way the movie mm-hmm. wants me to, I guess. Oh, like, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think it's there. Like, of course it's going to be there, right? But, mm-hmm. like, like you know, to, to the same degree that anyone... I don't know. I... I, 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 th- I yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. Because, <laughs> like, they talk about that, right? Where she... she you know, Misaki talks about her own parents' death as I killed my mother. Because she, mm-hmm. like you know, feels responsible for her mother being in the house when it collapsed and her being crushed by it. And, like, Yusuke has that moment of, like, if I were your dad, I would tell you it wasn't your fault, but I can't do that because I feel the same thing. I think in that moment, I think in, like, in relation (laughs) to her trauma, him feeling that way about his own guilt works. I don't know if it does in relation to his own trauma in quite the same way. Yeah, and in relation to, like, the rest of the story, it just feels, like, a little incongruous. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's extremely, uh, extremely fair. T- talking about the, the, like, guilt thing, though, something else I want to talk about with, uh, with Takatsuki, with the, the younger man, when they're having that whole conversation in the car where he tells him the next part of his wife's story, the fact that what the next part of that story is... So, the, the last part she tells her husband is... This part so it's where... the lamprey story, which is yes, <laughs> which is in Scheherazade, the short yeah. story. Um, it, it, yeah, yeah, like that. Is, that is the story that gets told, but it's basically about this girl who's got an obsession with one of her classmates and keeps breaking in to his house mm-hmm. and being weird about it, as though it wasn't weird about it to break into his house. Yeah. She's like but... she's like not masturbating in there, but like kind of edging herself emotionally, mm-hmm. and then she she yeah, and then there's the lamprey part where yeah she she realizes that she was a lamprey in a previous life, which is wild. But like what but what she describes right is like she, she was a lamprey who just latched onto a rock and stayed there right, which is like that exact mm-hmm. same like stasis thing that so that like Yusuke gets stuck in. And the fact that then when Takatsuki tells the next part of the story, what he tells is like, oh, the person who enters the house while she's like, you know, like while she's like on this dude's bed and like going through his things is another person who's broken into the house. It's like a burglar. And so the two of them have confrontation. I I think that is like such an interesting choice because like Mm -hmm. the, 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 you know, the relationship between those two people in the story is that the burglar like tries to assault this girl, she gets, she kills him uh, and gets out, which is, you cannot draw a direct line between that and Kafaku's relationship with this younger man, but like, there's a thing there. I, there's I mean, a, the a thing there. The implication is wild because the next part of the story is that, like, she leaves the body, but then the guy is totally normal the next day at mm-hmm. school. Yeah. And the implication is that, like, The it, what is trying to be implied is that the wife wanted him to find out, and the fact that he was just pretending to be fine the whole time after finding mm-hmm. out his wife cheated on him, yeah, is what yeah, would... kind of drove her nuts. 
that 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 makes a lot of sense and i hadn't thought about it that way but you're definitely correct that is that is so totally what it is yeah um yeah which like and what a like final what a final message from his wife for him to get two years later from this other guy right like mm -hmm. what a what a like oh i could we could have just talked about this sooner moment to have um yeah i don't know it's all about communication, baby. We just keep coming mm -hmm. back to it. Mm -hmm. uh, drive my car. Drive my car. The lamprey stuff makes a lot more sense knowing that it was drawn from another short story and not yeah. something the writers were just like, let's fucking throw a lamprey into this. Yeah, no, yeah, I, 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 I like, uh, I, I do like that it is, it is an adaptation of three unrelated short stories or bits from three short stories. Like, I, I mm -hmm. that is like. I don't know. That's a fascinating idea to me. I, I have thought a lot about like, you know how the Stephen King has the thing where you can like get the rights to one of his short stories. No one's ever read and like make a student film out of it. If you're a film student, like yeah. it, it's, it makes me think a lot about, yeah, I, I don't know. Just, just the, the idea of adapting something very small or something kind of disparate into something so broad in scale and unified that feels like one story is just fascinating to me. It's something I would love to do as like, a producer director writer of audio garbage like i it, it it's it's i don't know i i think if nothing else and this is why i was really excited to bring it here is just like i am i love the idea that that is what this movie is that it is this like assembly of different thoughts haruki murakami has had and put into different short stories all kind of sewn together you know mm -hmm. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I have so few notes on the movie because it differs <laughs> so wildly from the book that at a certain yeah. point I had to stop taking notes of, oh, this is what's been changed to, this is a different movie. I'm just going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, do I have other thoughts? I mean, we've talked about it so much and thank you for letting me just go off about the things that I really like about this movie because I, I, do, I do love this movie. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how much, like, like, going back to, like, how faithful is it question, right? Like, maybe it's, maybe it's not, but I, I feel like it's, and again, like, knowing, knowing Murakami was a writer on the movie, I think it is faithful to what he was, like, what that guy was trying to get at, you know? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it, it is faithful to the ideas that I think were in Murakami's head when he was writing all of these short stories, probably. I don't, I don't know how long they were written across. I think a lot of years. Uh, off the, I do not know off the it, dome, though. I don't know exactly how long it took him to write all of them, but I uh, do have it lists the original publications of a bunch of the right. short stories. So, like, Drive My okay. Car first came out in... Um, it released in oh, a late mag in 2015. Yep. Okay. Uh, Kino came out also in 2015. Samsa and Love in 2013. Yesterday in 2014. Okay. Yeah. So there's publication dates at least, and Lord, Lord knows, like writer to writer, Lord knows that what that means for when he actually wrote them. But... <laughs> oh boy. Yep. I can I can tell you my first publication came out in 2020. My first publication came out at the end of 2021, and that story was written in 2019, so... Yep, I have I have known people who have submitted stuff from, like, 2012 who are still submitting stuff and getting it released in, like, 2022 or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it's an interesting and worth studying adaptation is, I guess, my thing on that. I also just think it's a really nice movie. Let me it's have, a beautiful did it, movie. 
Yeah, it is it, did gorgeously it, shot. Did it feel like too long to you? Like at three hours, how how did the length of it feel to you? Captain, it was kind of long. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. No, that's fine. I think, like, I think the pacing of the first 40 minutes is the only part that feels long. Yeah, I, 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 I think, do. Yeah. yeah, I think after we get into, it's essentially a 40-minute prologue. Yep. <laughs> yep. In a way where I think there are, like, interesting elements, but... Not yeah. all of that needed to be there or to be that drawn out. I I, I agree. I, I love this movie. I do agree. I don't know. I like, yeah, it it, it could have gone quicker for sure. Um, I, I, I think though, after that first 45 minutes, it like, it moves like, you know, it, it, it's for a movie where so much of it is just people hang, standing around and sitting around talking to each other in different settings. It moves. I feel like, like mm-hmm. there is, there is enough, there are enough bits of like tension and whatever. And you, you, you so quickly, like once the conceit of, Oh, okay. He's been reunited with his, his wife's lover two years later is kind of revealed. And once like the relationship with uh, the driver is revealed, like, I don't know. It's easy to like these char- like a lot of these characters, I think. And once you really get mm-hmm. there, it's it kind of just goes. It kind of just flows like water. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think if I were to give one last thought, it's that I really. I, I think earlier I, I said the wrong actress name. The lady who does the sign language, I believe, is uh, the actress is Park Yu Rim. Um, and if I'm if I'm wrong about that, I apologize to. No. Yeah, you're right. Her, that's... I, yeah. Okay. I was because because you mentioned Sonya and one of the other actresses is named Sonya and so that just oh like, yeah no the, I, I just yeah it's um because the character she plays in Uncle Vanya yeah. in the show within a show yeah. is Sonya yeah um um but but Parky Rim you know delivers that like monologue when we see the finished play being put on at the end and early on in the movie during that forty five minutes you see um. Kafaku like going up to his apartment I think it's when he's going back up and he sees he sees his wife cheating on him you, you hear that what turns out to be kind of an unfinished version right where it's this kind of monologue about like when we die and speak to God we will tell him about we suffered and how about life was hard and it just ends there um and then later you know it, during during the production where on stage it is him is Kafaku being told this monologue by by uh Sonia by by Parker Grimm's character uh and it is it is you know the other half of that where it's it's leading up to that bit of the monologue there is a lot more hope and then once she gets there it's we'll tell God how we suffered and how life was hard and he will take pity on us and we will feel okay obviously I'm paraphrasing <laughs> that but like it is such a simple thing right it, it, there's nothing complicated about it it's just like it's just this mes- message of yeah, shit was hard, and then we woke up the next day, and you know, like life goes on, which is such a thing that keeps getting repeated. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like once Kafaku and and Misaki like go to her where her house used to be, they have that conversation about like he says we have to keep living, right? Like we are the people who keep thinking about death because it's been so close to us and we've survived it, and we have to keep on living. That is like our job, our responsibility in some way. Um, which puts a lot of fucking responsibility on on that someone who's been through that. But like, I get it, man. Like, I, I get I get how that is the way you position yourself as being able to like keep 
living. I don't know. I, I, I like I like that sentiment a lot. That is my very long-winded kind of final take. That's a good final take. Okay. Um, that does bring us to my wrap-up questions then, which I guess the first one is usually like, is there something you wish had been different in this production? Like, what is something that you wish had been there, wish hadn't been there, you, something you would tweak or change? You know, I, I would like, I, I agree with you about the first 45 minutes feeling a little slow paced. I, I would say that is on there. The other thing I, I do think, and I honed in more on this this time, th- some of the other actors in the show kind of complaining about how long they're staying on book. I would have liked to like hear a little more from them, maybe just once, maybe just in one scene, kind of later on in the movie, maybe like, you know, after that outdoor rehearsal scene they have, maybe like, it, it doesn't feel like they stop existing. The camera keeps showing them, but like earlier on in the movie, we see a lot of good, like little bits of them interacting. And I feel like that kind of goes away as the drama of the movie goes forward. I, I do wish we saw a little more of that, like once mm-hmm. or twice later on. I, I, I think, I think there's a lot of strength to that little ensemble he's got going on in the cast of Uncle Vanya. And near the end, we kind of stop seeing them for a really long time. Yeah. And I get why, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Especially like, I would love to see more with, like, what is her character's name and not just her Uncle Vanya character's name? Um, the, um, the, the girl who plays... A different one? No, uh, the one who plays Yelena. Um, the one who was... The, mm-hmm. Who speaks Mandarin. Right, I think that is... Uh... That is Sonia Yuan, who's, who's uh, Janice Chang is her character's name, which makes sense if it's an English first name and... We see, like, little snippets of her having, like, a back and forth um, with the director, and I would have loved for that to have continued, because you yeah. start to see it, like, shape her changing perspective on acting, yeah. but you don't get, like, a lot of that, and I would have liked for that to have been, like, a continuing through line. Because cause she's, she's one of the ones who kind of speaks up early on about, like, hey, why are we just on book for so long, right? And I think, like, <laughs> she's right to ask. Like, he does seem like he kind of sucks to act in a play directed by in terms of just dealing with him, we should say. Um, <laughs> you know? But, like, yeah, because it, it, it feels... Because she's the one who... Um, Parky Rim is acting against in that outdoor rehearsal scene as the two of them, mm-hmm. right? And it kind of feels like that's the last we really see of her for a long time. Like, it, yeah. it kind of feels like that's that's the closer on her. It would have been nice to see, like, her react to Takatsuki getting arrested a little more, right? Like, like we yeah, see her in that the room when that happens. Yeah. see a reaction to, but we just don't get that. Because we do understand that they, like, shared some amount of intimacy despite the language barrier, right? Like, before mm-hmm. we find out they spend a night together, there is a bit uh, where I think it's when they're complaining about the reading from the book so much. Uh, rehearsal ends, and you see the two of them kind of, like, out, off in a quarter, like, not talking because they don't share a language, but, like, mm-hmm. kind of being like, hey, hey. Like, like doing that mm-hmm. kind of awkward, stumbly thing, almost like when you're two awkward teenagers who don't know how to flirt, but you're two <laughs> yeah. awkward adult teenagers who just... Speak different speak languages, language. yeah. <laughs> and and are you know yeah like like it's completely off screen, but those two people obviously find some way to communicate with each other, and like I I don't know like I I think the move like part definitely what's going on with Kafka and his wife early on is like sex is a method of communication for them, and like it's all off screen, but I imagine that's kind of how it goes for these two when they have their night together, right? Is like that you know whatever happens with them when they spend that night together, that is them figuring out a way to communicate together, 
whether mm-hmm. whether it's whether it's lewd or not uh, and and like that's i don't that that is something i wish was talked about at some point after it happens a little more directly other than yeah. other than kafaku being like no 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 you naughty boy you must be careful <laughs> first you fuck my wife then you <laughs> fuck one of my actors <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i mean also to what we were saying earlier about like how fucking assaulty the way he acts with her in their audition is like mm-hmm. it would be great to hear her talk about the journey from there to like forming an action like i i don't know it, that could mm-hmm. have been more of a character i guess is is really it is she could have been more of a character with more of a yeah. voice and that would have been cool to see yeah it, it's interesting how like yikes and as salty Takatsuki is framed as but never really like criticized on like yeah he does get arrested at the end but a lot of the other instances are just like very brushed off yeah I I also don't know like I, I, I super just don't know like how much of that is even like cultural stuff like like um I I that sentence was going nowhere I I, I have no idea like I know I don't know culturally how like how you talk about that kind of thing in Japan and how that's different than than here. You know that that's something I just don't know. Like a lot of sexual stuff is just a lot more commonly talked about, and not seen as taboo in Japan. I have no idea how sex crimes and like stuff like that factor into that. I just I just do not know. I don't know what the news is like in Japan. You know, like there's just mm-hmm. I I would be curious to learn more about that and see if that gives any input into answers to that because yeah like that is like kafuku kind of brings it up as like yep you did that huh and that's sort of the last they talk about it with 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 him yeah. having a relationship with the minor mm-hmm. but yeah Interesting. I don't know. uh my next wrap-up question which we've gotten into a little bit is how mm. faithful do you think this adaptation was I think I think it's less faithful than I did walking into this call <laughs> but I'm okay with that like I <laughs> Again, it's weird to like. I think thematically, it's it's faithful, right? I think this feels like like this feels like even if Murakami hadn't been writing it, this feels like the assignment was understood in terms of like what these stories are kind of trying to get at. Um, and I think the ways in which it's not faithful are largely ways I like. Like I like Kafka as a character more in this than in the short story. I like. Uh, I I think Misaki works in a completely different way in a visual medium just because she Mm -hmm. is like again it's a movie about two fucking quiet withdrawn people right there is so much body language stuff that happens with them them smoking the cigarettes off the roof the sunroof of the car together is so beautiful like that i'm just oh my god um i think i think there are ways in which the movie amplifies what the short story and the other short stories in the book that it's, it's pulling from are trying to do and so I, I think it is unfaithful to its own advantage in most cases. Yeah. So, like, if you had to give it a scale of 1 to 10. Oh. <laughs> I know, it's tough. It's tough because it's an adaptation of three stories. Yeah. Two of which yeah. we didn't know were, were, were part of it. I know, I know. And I, 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 I got vibes. I should have told you because I got vibes of one of the others. I just did not know it was like that specifically. Uh, being pulled from um so are, are you asking me to, to score it based on on faithfulness or goodness? yes okay this one's faithfulness okay uh one day i'm going to make 
a graph comparing the faithfulness to goodness of all of the. Oh, hell yeah. We're going to calculate the regression of it. I guess it feels weird to say this, but I want to go as low as like a six almost because out of 10, because like, again, it is pulling elements from so many stories to make a new thing. Right. And I think mm-hmm. it's really good at that. But like, I don't know. I, I thought, how do I, I don't know. It's very difficult to give it a number. Right. Because like how much does thematic faithfulness factor in versus like beat by beat story stuff, faithfulness. That's the question, isn't it? I don't... Help. <laughs> like, what, what do you think about that? No, I think it is... I, I think a six would be solid because there are a lot, a lot, a lot of details that are changed. There's a lot that's been added. Like, our yeah. core story is not the same story that was told. But Seven. Seven. I'm going to say Little seven. details and thematic mm-hmm. elements are consistent throughout absolutely i am gonna say seven just because i i feel like that is how far the like thematic stuff gets it and then the the yeah that that feels right to me okay and then my last question is is it a good movie yep sure is love it five stars it is it is one of my top four on letterboxd right now i put it on there as of today i kicked kiki's delivery service off for a while it can take a cycle off so that <laughs> drive my car can take a cycle on scale of one to ten ten I, I, I fucking love it. It is it is like one of my favorite movies. I uh yeah, I don't know. I already said it earlier. Once in a while I'm a freak for a long sad movie if it hits right. It, like I don't know. This, this this like there are good movies that make you think about yourself and this movie makes me think about myself in ways no other movie really does. And like stuff I've gone through in my own life and I just like and I also just think it does that while also being really charming and I do think like yeah, I don't know. I I think it fucking rips. I love this movie a lot. It is, it is is quiet and beautiful and like funny at points and just really, yeah, I I, I like it a lot. Nice. Um, Well, that does bring us to the end of our episode. Jay, thank you so much for being on and talking about this. Uh, Anything you'd like to promote? Where can our listeners find you? That sort of thing. Always, always. Uh, Thank you so much for letting me blather on about this for so long. Um, I, you can find me uh, through additional postage required, the uh, sci-fi audio drama podcast about uh, delivering mail in space. And what if, what if that were weird? Uh, <laughs> what if instead of drive my car, it was drive my spaceship? Um, that's additional postage required wherever you listen to podcasts. It is episode eight is about to come out as we're recording this uh, a week from when we're recording this. Uh, oh, great. It has so been this like... episode will come out the day after the APR episode comes cool. out. Cool. Okay, great. Perfect. Um, boy, it has been like the undertaking of a lifetime. You'll hear a lot of great moonshot people and a lot of great non-moonshot people in it. Uh, I am so proud of everyone who's worked on it. Please listen to it. Please share it with your friends. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Extreme Salsing, Tumblr at Extreme Salsing, uh, Letterboxd at Extreme Salsing for movie opinions. And, uh, I don't know. If you find Extreme Salsing, it would be weird if it wasn't me. Fantastic. Uh, as usual, you can find me on Twitter at MSCA. That's E M A T S C A. You can find this show on Twitter at Unselect Pod. We are a part of the Moonshot Podcast Network. Uh, you should also join the Moonshot Patreon if you haven't. If you'd like to hear Jay and I talk about more movies, we've been on a couple of episodes of Once Miss Wonders together, including the Pacific Rim episode that was just us. So if you want to hear us talk about robots and kaiju for uh, like two hours. Uh, the, 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 the do they or do they not bang debate of the century happens on yes. that episode. 
<laughs> was the guy who made the Cloverfield monster friends with the guy yeah, who made the kaiju. I, I, we, we, go, we go on a real-time live investigation in that episode, and it's so good. I love it so much. So you should become Moonshot patrons. Uh, and uh, the music for this podcast was composed by Jake Loringer. You can check out more of his stuff at amaranthine.bandcamp.com. Uh, and as always, let us make your movie. Why not? Just do it. Just let us. Let us. I got. I got. I got a camera and a uh, a tripod. That's actually just a bunch of a bunch of books I stacked up. But it, it's the same. There's at least four more short stories in this collection. Let us make your movie. Let's do it. Come on, Haruki. This motherfucker's got a lot of books. I think only a couple of other ones have been made into movies. Let's go. Hey, CJ, is that Gahooligan's promo ready yet? Sure is, PB. You want to hear it? Yeah. Hello, Owlets. I can hear your beaks churring with the who's, the why's, and other forbidden questions about Catherine Lasky's Guardians of Gahool. Join us, the Gahooligans, twice every dwanking in the great blue yonder for some glocks given spronk, some laughter therapy, and some subglossious ransacking of literary merit. Okay, I only understood about a third of that. And did you use an owl swear in there? No. You didn't do the assigned reading? No, that's your job, CJ. I'm just here for the owl facts. Well, we'll have to work on your vocabulary. I guess you'll have to teach me every other week on Gahooligans. Only on the Moonshot Network.